Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. And I'm focused on winning this game because it is a robbery game. You, last game of the regular season, I want to get a win and because I want to have that great taste in my mouth. I, I, you know, there's a lot you want to win. You know, you want to send the seniors out the right way. You want to finish with 10, 10 wins in the regular season. You want to get to a great bowl game. You want to be undefeated in the swamp. I mean, all of those to me motivate you. Most of all that motivates you, if, you know, if anybody, I would say that most, you know, that when we show up here on Saturday, they're going to light up the scoreboard and they're going to keep score. All those other things are awesome, but, I mean, I don't need, as a competitor, that's all the motivation you need, that they're just going to keep scoring the game. I don't need anything even beyond that. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen discussing the regular season finale Saturday in the Swamp against rival Florida State. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, I will list my five keys to the game for Florida FSU and what it's going to take for the Gators to get a win on Senior Day. And in the second segment, we'll be joined by Michael Langston from Warchant.com to get some perspective on the Seminoles. We'll also get Michael's thoughts on the recruiting implications this game could have and what he thinks of the FSU coaching search. But let's start this show with my five keys to the game. And number one for Saturday is going to be exploit the pass defense for Florida State. The Seminoles come into this game ranked 114th nationally in pass defense. They are giving up an average of 273.8 yards per game. And if you're hearing that as a Florida fan, and if you're damn old in this offensive staff, you are licking your chops because as we all know, the passing game is the strength of Florida's offense. The Gators rank 19th nationally in pass offense and third in the SEC, only behind Bam and LSU at 292.3 yards per game. Quarterback Kyle Trask has been tearing it up since taking over as a starter, and he's going to have an opportunity on Saturday to have another big game against the Seminoles defense. They just have not done a good job defending the pass, and with what Trask has shown that he's able to do with this wide receiver group, it could be a big day for the Gators through the air. My second key for Saturday will be opening things up in the run game. This seems to be a key each and every week, trying to get more production out of Florida's running backs. But at the end of the day, you just want to try to find some balance and get LaMichael P. Ryan and the rest of these backs some holes to run through. And if Kyle Trask and this passing offense can check that first box and exploit the Seminole secondary, that should open things up for Florida in the run game. And they need all the help they can get. The Gators rank 115th nationally and last in the SEC in rushing offense, averaging just 124 yards per game. And if Trask can get it going on Saturday, perhaps that is going to open things up on the ground. And LaMichael Pirine, who hasn't had a lot of moments this year, could have a big game for senior day. And that would be a nice way for him to go out. And regardless of what his numbers end up being, at the end of the day, if you're Florida, you want to be able to find some offensive balance in your final game of the regular season. My third key for Saturday is going to be limiting big plays for Cam Akers. The Seminoles, like the Florida Gators, have not done so hot on the ground. FSU is tied for 95th nationally in rushing offense, so they haven't done a good job as a team. But Cam Akers, individually, he has still been productive. He actually ranks 20th nationally among running backs, averaging 104.2 yards per game. He has over 1,000 yards on the season and 13 touchdowns and 10 games played. So the one thing that has been a bright spot for FSU this season has been the play of Akers, and that's 
been consistent throughout his career. He's always been a big play guy for the Seminoles. He's made some big plays in this rivalry. And on Saturday is going to be key for this Florida defense to wrap him up, contain him on the outside, and limit his big plays because he is the type of player that can keep drives alive and breathe confidence and life into this FSU offense. So the Gators got to make sure that that doesn't happen on Saturday. The fourth key to the game is going to be getting sacks on the quarterback. That was a key in the last matchup against Missouri. And that will once again be the case on Saturday because... The Seminoles don't do good in this department. They rank 122nd nationally in sacks allowed. They've given up 36 in 11 games this season. And Florida, on the flip side, they are ranked 5th nationally, and they rank 1st in the SEC with what they've done on the defensive side. They have 38 sacks this season. Jonathan Grenard and that front 7 have just been absolutely dominant in 2019, and they're going to have a chance to go out with a bang on Saturday against an FSU offensive line that has struggled to protect the quarterback all year long. And you got to think that Florida's pass rush could be the best that they've seen, especially with Jabari Zuniga expected to be full go for Saturday in his last game as a Gator. If you have both of those guys coming off of the edge, it could be a long night for the Seminoles. And our final key to the game is going to be takeaways. This is an area where the Gators have excelled this season. They are tied for second nationally with 15 interceptions on the year and also tied for ninth nationally with 22 takeaways this season. FSU has been pretty much middle of the pack in college football in terms of protecting the ball. But coming into the swamp for a rivalry game at night under the lights, going against a Florida defense that's coming off of two of its best performances of the season and has Jabari Zuniga back in the starting lineup, this could be a golden opportunity for the Gators to really get after FSU and quarterback James Blackman. He's had some games this season where he's thrown multiple picks, including the matchup against Clemson. And if Florida has an opportunity to get some takeaways early in this game, that's going to give them all the momentum, get the crowd behind them. And I think Kyle Trask and this offense are going to be able to take advantage of those turnovers but regardless of how many takeaways they're able to get or how much they're able to open things up on the ground, no matter what, I think Florida is going to come out of this with a victory in their second straight against the Seminoles. There's just no way that they can compete against Florida this season in the swamp with an interim coach and all the struggles that they've had this season. Florida has a chance to finish the year 10-2. and Dan Mullen will become the first coach in Gators history to win 10 games back-to-back -back in his first two regular seasons. So this is going to be a huge moment for him, a huge moment for this senior class. And there may be points in this game where it's competitive and FSU makes some plays, but I just don't see them being able to hang with Florida. They couldn't do it last year in Tallahassee with Willie Taggart. I don't think they'll be able to do it in Gainesville with an interim coach. And I think Florida comes out of this thing with a 38-13 to victory over Florida State. When we come back from this first break, we'll get a visit from Michael Langston from Warchant to get some perspective on the Seminoles and what they'll be bringing to the table on Saturday. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other great offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you, the Mealy Pop Shop. 
located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend in a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL weekly pick'em is free and fun with weekly prizes and a season-long prize. So check out the Mealy Pop Shop at 3700 Northwest 91st Street, Gainesville, Florida, or call at 352-204-5573. We're now joined by Michael Langston from War Chant. Always great to uh, catch up with him. I know Michael a long time. He covers FSU as well as anybody. And uh, going to get some no perspective from him on how the team has done this season and kind of how they match up against the Gators, some recruiting implications, and also get his thoughts on this coaching search as well. Michael, welcome into the podcast. Hope everything's been going well and you had a great Thanksgiving, bud. I appreciate it, man. No, everything's been great, and uh, certainly I'm I'm still pretty full from Thanksgiving, so uh, <laughs> it's fun just being around the family. But uh, everything's good. Definitely, man. I know, obviously, you're you're uh, you're full too, tracking this coaching search, keeping up with this recruiting class. We got signing day right around the corner. But uh, before we get to that, want to get your thoughts on FSU season thus far. Obviously, not the type of year that that Noel Nation would want. They went through a coaching change, but obviously, the last couple of weeks they, they've done things better with interim coach Odell Hagens, and, and I think they come into this game with some confidence. But what have you made just overall uh, of the year that FSU has had? And well, it's been it's been a rough uh, roller coaster. Is a good explanation for it. It's just been. Uh, just been a really tough year for a lot of those kids to deal with just, you know, with the coaching change and just, uh, you know, just how things have gone. But uh, obviously Odell's kind of helped structure the situation, have a more organized situation. Uh, Browse is, we know Browse, Kendall Browse now calls the offense, uh, you know, so he's getting, a, you're getting to see a full, you know, full view of what Kendall can do. And um, certainly uh, they put points on the board and, and he's, he, he's being able to do a lot of different things with that offense that we haven't seen too consistent throughout the year. But I think overall, um, I think the team's in a in a much better place than what they were during the season. It was just, just a really rough year, really just rough overall. Defense hadn't been stopping much of uh, anything as far as on the field, and, and then the offense has been kind of up and down. So just a roller coaster is a good way to explain uh, their season and uh, – Certainly, they would love to go in there to the swamp and and certainly have a strong showing and and possibly pull a big upset. But uh, I think the main thing is just uh, that at, at the very least, uh, these kids are are focused again and, and back uh, to an organized uh, type of program. Now, now before we talk about the job that Odell has done since taking over, I just want to get your thoughts on the Willie Taggart era and, and obviously. He, he came in to FSU as a hire that I think a lot of people uh, commended and thought that he could do a great job with the Seminoles. Now, in hindsight, you know, now that we've been weeks removed from, from his firing, if, if you had to put your finger on the one thing that kind of went wrong with him and the Seminoles, what, what would it be from your standpoint? Because obviously the years prior to his arrival, they had a lot of success with Jimbo Fisher. Right. I would say my standpoint, and, and this has always been FSU football, is um, – the structure and organization was very poor in my view. Um, just, it was just, there wasn't much structure as far as, um, you know, even looking like they're prepared each week and just in different areas and just, there was just, a, but it all, all, everything comes down to, to structure and organization. And, 
and everyone, even Florida fans, understand, you know, what Florida State football is built on. It's a blue-collar type of university. It's built on hard work, structure, organization. They're going to hit hard. You know, sometimes in the spur area, sometimes a little late, but they're going to hit hard, and they're going to play you. And, two, there's just not a lot of toughness when you watch this team consistently. There wasn't toughness that you're used to seeing from Florida State. So, But I would go back to the structure and organization. That's the, Those are the two things that I think that really – were his downfall that you really never saw established while he was there. In speaking to that structure and organization, Michael, now that Odell Hagens has taken over as the interim head coach, for how long he's been around the program and being a guy that played for FSU as well, he understands that structure and organization as well as anyone. How much do you think that he's been able to kind of reestablish that here in the last couple of weeks? Well, I think he's done an amazing job just to bring those kids. I mean, it was a devastation of, one, you lost your coach, but just the way the season was going. And then right before they played Boston College, he, he once again got these kids locked in again and just uh, you know, got back to the way that Bobby Bowden did things and you know, the structure and, and what it means to be you know, a Florida State Seminole, what it means to go out there and put in the work and be prepared. You see that every every time Odell – Odell's teams take the field. You know, there might be teams that are better, they have more talent, and there's more a cohesive unit, but you're going to have a team that's very well prepared when you go out there with Odell. And that's that's the biggest change that I've seen is, and these kids will run through a wall for him because they know he's garnet and gold bleed all the way through, and he doesn't just talk it. He's he his His message is the same to everybody, no matter who it is, and and that resonates with a lot of these players because they know, you know, they know how much he loves FSU. So I think that's really brought these guys back together and connected. And, and I think that's why you've seen them play, um, you know, pretty well the last two weeks. We're speaking with Michael Langford from Warchant. You mentioned that message from Odell, and I know that he talked about that message is kind of what he's been sending out on the recruiting trail with the mm-hmm. staff to keep this class intact. Can you just speak about the job that they've been able to do? since Taggart was let go, the, the guys, now not too many have really jumped ship and, and, and they've stayed core so far. Yeah, and I think it's a big, you, know, you touched on it, it's, he's a big key to that because, uh, like I said, he's Florida State bleeding through and through, and it's not an easy easy thing to do to keep kids from, you know, go ahead and decommitting. And they've had some that have decommitted and, and moved on to other places, but I think for the most part they have still have 17 commitments and, He's kept the core of the class together, and that's really been the key. But I think it's a lot just um, you know speaking from the heart and honesty about what they're going to get back to, whoever the head coach is. And I think that's the message he's told them is, you know, the standard does not change of what we expect at Florida State. You know, that's mainly what he's told them. You know, we we have to fix these things, no matter who the coach is, but the standard never changes, and that's kind of the message that he sent to them. I've even had kids that go to practices for FSU already, and they told me they were recruits, and they said it's much more organized and, and the preparation is much different than what we've seen, you know, during the year. So the kids are taking notice, and it's not just he's just talking. He's actually showing the kids when they watch him practice. So I think that's kind of in the message for Odell. And it's a challenging situation because you don't know who's going to be there you don't know who's going to be the head coach, and and that's kind of that's the challenging part. But at the same time, I think a lot of these recruits believe in FSU and believe whoever they're going to bring in is going to get this um, thing right. 
Now, speaking to the game on on Saturday, uh, a two-part question for you, Michael. The first part, obviously Florida is a big favorite going into this matchup, but the Seminoles have won four straight in the Swamp. They were coming off of a win streak before losing last season, and and this is a rivalry game. You know, at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and play. What would it take, first part, in a perfect scenario for FSU to be able to come in and, and get this win, what are they going to have to do as a team in order to compete with Florida? Well, the first thing you have to do is something they haven't done, even even with Odell, is they're going to have to find a way to get better play from their secondary. Their secondary has just been very bad, you know, all year. And 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 uh, obviously they brought in Mario Edwards to replace David Kelly uh, as a is an on-field position. Mario Edwards, former DB at FSU, he knows the position, very good coach. So possibly that will help him out. But that's that's one of the main areas they're going to have to do. Florida's got one of the best receiving corps in the country. So those guys are very talented. So I'm sure Florida's going to attack that. So they have to have, at the very least, an, a, a, a solid day as far as or, or above-average day from that secondary to not have breakdowns. And they have to stay away from that. And then secondly, I think their offense just has to be consistent in what they've shown. And when they played at BC, they have to play that type of game and to give themselves a chance to, you know, pull a big upset. But, and, and I think the biggest thing is, you know, they're going to have to force some turnovers in this game. They're going to have to force Kyle Trask into, you know, making mistakes and maybe not doing some stuff that he's not comfortable with and, and just maybe getting a, you know, maybe a fumble or an interception here and there. But, you're going to have to force some turnovers, especially when you're on the road in the swamp at night. You're going to have to do something to kind of change the narrative. No doubt. And then the second part of that, Michael, was let's say the Seminoles are able to come into the swamp and get the upset or at the very least play really well and have it be a competitive game. We know that Higgins is in the mix for this coaching search. Obviously, a win would do a lot, but how much is, could a close game and just a really good effort from the Seminoles on Saturday, how far could that go and his chances uh, with this job? Well, I had heard that his chances were probably just you know low to medium, but obviously if he wins that game, I think it's going to really catch the eye of a lot of people, you know, a lot of people that are the higher-ups that make these decisions. It's going to be really tough for them not to heavily consider taking him you know, in in giving him that permanent job because, I mean, that's a that would be a massive step forward if you sure. even play, played really solid. Obviously, if you pulled the upset, that's going to put even more pressure. If they, he pulls the upset, that's going to put massive pressure on the FSU brass too. Yeah, there's going to be players that are calling for him. Yeah, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be pushing for him if they if he even coach, he coaches good and they play well, even if they lose by even two scores or, say, two, ten points or something, they're going to push for him to have a chance for that. So I think depending on how they play and if he he coaches a good game, it's going to make the decision a lot tougher than most people think. I think mean, most people are like, come on, the dude doesn't have any head coaching experience. He doesn't, compared to these other guys that are on the list. But at the same time, he knows what Florida State is. He's coached with Bobby Bowden. He's He's – He's um he's played for him. He understands what the Florida State way is, and so if he play if he coaches well, it's it's not going to be as like slam dunk as people think it is. But the odds are, I still think he probably wouldn't get the job. But I think it's going to be at least something they're going to have to consider. 
got to give him a lot of credit at the very least for keeping this recruiting class together. It's a lot to be said for that. Now, outside of, of Hagen's final thing for you, Michael, what, what do you think of some of the other, other names out there in this coaching search and, and who ultimately, in, in your eyes, could, could potentially be a good fit for FSU? Well, I think the one guy that everyone mentions the most, I'm not going to mention Bob Spoots, guys, so don't worry about that. But uh, um, I think James Franklin is the guy. I just think his his personality, the way he is, the way he can fix programs, the how he, he can connect to just about every kid, I think that will immediately ignite with those players. And then, two, I think that will ignite the fan base when you get a national brand like a James Franklin who's turned around Vanderbilt um, Penn State, he's done a really solid job there and certainly uh, one of the elite recruiters in the game. I think that's the guy. If you want a home run guy, I think that would be the guy. Definitely. Well, we got a home run being able to chat with you, Michael. Really appreciate <laughs> the uh, perspective, man. Always good to uh, to get your take and always good to catch up with you, man. I'm... You got it, Zach. Anytime, man. Appreciate Michael for his time and perspective and that'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, I listed my five keys to the game for Florida FSU, made my score prediction, and we got some FSU perspective from Michael Langston of Warchant.com. When we come back on Monday, I'll recap my five keys to the game, take out my report card, and grade the Gators, and we'll bring you some post-game comments from Mullen and the players. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.